0: Hello you gorgeous law, and welcome to another episode of the Persistent and Nasty podcast. Elaine here, how are you all doing? I hope you're looking after yourselves, staying well and doing whatever you need to do to make yourself feel great. We're back after a couple of weeks off. We had a little break as both Louise and I were absolutely swamped with work. But we're really excited as we have some amazing guests coming up for you over the next few weeks as well we will then be taking another short break before we return with our edinburgh festival fringe program and we cannot wait to get back to the festival and speak to as many incredible performers artists as we can fit into in that time period today's episode is with the brilliant actress singer dancer all-round fabulous wonder that is louise mccarthy Louise and I talk about so many different things in today's episode. We talk about being working class and coming from a working class background and how that, how that, what that means for you in this industry, being Scottish and training down in London. We talk about the fact that Louise is a mum and is pregnant with our second baby and how that works with this industry and work. And it's just really joyful because Louise brings joy to everything. We talk about... Um, her brilliant show with a uh, Gay for Stevens, the dolls, um, and we just talk about being real and truthful and how important that is for you as a performer. Now I have to say, there is some swearing from the outset, um and throughout and also there's a slight sound issue about 21 minutes and then again about 45 minutes it's just um, there was some brushing past on Louise's mic um, but it's not too bad at all and as most of you know we are still recording our podcasts over Zoom you can follow us on all social media Twitter at PersistentNasty Instagram at persistent and nasty, Facebook persistent and nasty. Send us a wee email to persistentandnasty at gmail.com. You can follow both Louise and I on social media as well. Louise is at Ms. Louise Oliver on both Twitter and Instagram. And I am at Elaine Stirrit on Twitter and at Elaine.Stirrett on Instagram. For today's episode, oh, I suggest, oh well, Louise loves a vodka and obviously she can't have one at the moment, so um maybe. Have yourself a vodka, um. however you want to mix it, or even straight, your choice. Um. Wine, beer, rum, coffee, hot chocolate, or, you know, you can always just have a good old cup of tea.
1: Sit back, relax, and enjoy. You oh, oh, you've got to give permission to record now, haven't you? Is that so you don't stitch me up while well i That's exactly how it is. <laughs> Let <me see> McCarthy. <laughs> I did one the other day for a lassie, and uh, she had to put a warning on swearing. So, just to let your listeners know.
0: Oh, we sorry. We've already got an explicit. That uh, I mean, I wouldn't worry about it. I've I've dropped cunt like everything, within yes. which was in the first few seconds, so
1: it's fine.
0: I like that. That's called a free room. Yeah, exactly. It's a free room. Welcome to persistent and nasty podcast, Louise McCarthy. <laughs> Yay.
1: I love that. I know. It's not first thing
0: in the morning. I, I don't know about you. I'm not awake yet. But...
1: No. Well, to be fair, my got up at ten past six and I was like, not today, Josephine. Get back to your bed. But it's because it's light outside. It's yeah. just like, morning. I'm like, no. I was up to two o'clock in the morning doing washings. Get to your bed. No, I'm still no awake. <laughs> That's,
0: I mean, well, fair. Fair. If you've been up to two <laughs> o'clock in the morning doing the washing. Um, Louise... So that our listeners know who you are, I mean they should do, because you're Louise fucking McCarthy uh, And I heart you so much, I'm so happy you're on the
1: podcast Oh thanks for having me, I love it, and I've just, no one better to do it with me than you and I mean that genuinely oh,
0: You'll get me crying and we've only just started, so okay, um, Give our listeners the potted history of Louise McCarthy
1: Oh the potted history, do you Hi. want you can go you can go as far back as you want (laughs) do you want the crazy ex-boyfriends or you want the career or you want
0: (laughs) (laughs) I mean we can do the crazy ex-boyfriends for (laughs) absolutely sure um but (laughs) let's do the career what got you into the industry what age you started at your training experience as a female and a Mm -hmm. female scot
1: so mine's my um kind of way in was pretty unusual um I'd never acted, sang, no one really in my family. My gran kind of sang at parties, but nobody was ever really, and my dad was always a big music lover, but I never really had an interest. I, I don't think I was interested in anything other than getting afloat boys. So I went A my pal Cassie <laughs> says, I go to a stagecoach and there's hundreds of boys, and I was about 14, and she says, we're doing Aladdin at the Mitchell, come and see it and see if you want to join. So I went to see Aladdin at the Mitchell, Michael Martin was Aladdin, who's now a very dear friend of mine. And I was like, he's beautiful, I'm going to join your club. <laughs> so I joined, at the time it was called Spotlight, and you paid like £5 at the door at Partick better Halls, and I'd go in, and my mission was to go off at Michael Martin. And that happened, and then Michael Martin turned out to be a so. guest. <laughs> We're best of friends, but he didn't become my husband that I'd dreamt of. Right. That's okay. That's all right. He's my best friend now, so I, I got I got the good parts without having to put it. You're it actually it. worked out better. Yeah. <laughs> and then from there, they were all dead into it. Like, all my peer group, Michael and other folk that I'd went to um, Spotlight with, Brian O'Sullivan, who's now kicking about, they were all kind of my time, and they were all, like, really into it, and I remember Brian going to London, he went to play Oliver, and I was like, oh, my God, that's so amazing, like these things happen to people for health, and uh, I just get—I think I just get caught up in it all and then just was like okay I'll just do that then and then my life kind of just rolled out that way and then I auditioned for drama school when I was 18 so I went there for about four years and then I for drama schools and got into I think it was three and then kind of had to choose and most of my pals went to Art Said so there's a part in here I just follow my pals. <laughs> And so I went to Arts with all my pals, and um, that was great. But I remember going in the first day, and obviously some of them were older than me, so they'd went, like, the year before me. And I went in the first day, and my pal uh, Fudge, his name was Philip Clow. I don't know, if maybe you might need to take his name out. Oh, fuck, I'm actually, keep it in. Um, <laughs> he turned up at the door, and he was like, all right, Lou, how are you doing? Welcome to Arts Ed. And I was like, Fudge. You're the fucking Renfrew. What's happened to you in a year? And so everybody had these English accents, and I remember bursting at greeting and going, I don't want to do this. This isn't for me. People don't talk like me. I don't mm. talk like folk after telly. And I just remember feeling really inferior. And uh, then Michael was there, my Michael, and he was like, you're staying, you'll be all right. He never changed his accent. That's why he still my pal. <laughs> <But> she- <laughs> We'll talk about Fudge Feast of a Parliament. It'll know be after this podcast anyway. Um, and that uh, was that. I kind of just I settled eventually. It took me a long time. And then I London. And then I did a job down there. I got a really good job straight at drama school, and then totally realised I'd done the wrong thing and came back up the road. And then done what I had done here. Did you just miss Scotland? Do you think? Oh, I am. I'm a pure homebody, but. Also, I did musical theatre mm. and it's very much, and I love it, I, I would go back and do it. It's not that I hated it. I just went, I don't know if I can do this for every job because it's, mm. I mean, it's much a franchise. You repeat, unless you're an original cast, because I don't what I mean, You repeat what the person done before. So yeah. there wasn't much kind of room to do something yourself. And I was like, oh no, you do this for a full year? and I've got a really bad attention span and I get bored really easily so I was like I don't know if I can live this life (laughs) I mean it's good to find that out though after your first job no it was and that job like it's not you do a disservice to that job I had amazing time amazing memories I just yeah that's that's a lot the same thing for a year See, but
0: this is something that I don't think it ever gets really spoken about, especially not when you're training, about the fact that, you know, like, we're all desperate to go and do it, do the work. But if you're going into, like, a show as you say, like Mamma Mia or, like, any of the kind of big musicals, you are going in and just repeating what's been done. You don't get to do anything fresh.
1: Nah, so, no, unless your original cast yeah, you get to it. But it's because once they've taped it and lit it and all this... Nah. They're not going. And you go. Can I date at the top of the stairs instead of the bottom of the stairs? The answer is no, because the lights only at the top of the boat st- the the stairs, or whatever way round. So you're like, you don't get to. Yeah, that's also the extent of my action choices. <laughs> top of the stairs, <laughs> the, bottom of the, stairs. <laughs> or the bottom of the stairs. There's nothing else going you know on in my. <laughs> that
0: is absolute bullshit, Louise McCarthy.
1: <laughs> but you go. Know, you've got none. You've got none of that. And while it's enjoyable. I love thinking for myself, and I love, yeah. oh, can we do that? That's my favourite bit. So when that's no part of the deal, you kind of go, oh, is this genre really for me? Yeah. And if it is, it, it is for a short time. I just couldn't – I don't think I could do that continuously. Yeah.
0: I think that. But I think that's really important to be able to say, though. Like, there's this thing in – I think in our industry that, you know, we're all so grateful for a job and you can't, like, almost, like, you can't criticise, but actually, like, if something isn't right for you and you're not happy, then why do it? I think this the most- job's hard enough without making yourself miserable. Everybody else will make you miserable, <laughs> never mind.
1: Oh, totally. I think that's a really good thing. It's got, you have got to make yourself happy because if, if you're in it for the long haul, it's there's good, there's great times, but there's also really, really crap times. And I think you go, when you have the crap times, you know, you're sitting in it and it can be awful and you feel crap about yourself and all the things that go on mentally and physically and all the horrible things you say to yourself. When it's good, you've got to be able to make it as good as you can for yourself. And you go, well, that's why I do it. And, you know, squeeze out as much of that goodness and juiciness and all the stuff you love. Otherwise, what you do now for? <laughs> it's quite hard. It's hard, exactly,
0: exactly. So you moved back to Scotland, and um, I mean, you were in a girl band for a bit.
1: <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Sugar bullet. Oh, by the way, we're on Spotify.
0: <laughs> you are on Spotify?
1: No, I was about 26. I think that was my midlife crisis. <laughs> It was, I know when I had it at 26, because all the girls in the band, well, you know them, because they yeah. went to um, the stage school you work at. And uh, Darren, you know Darren, Dan was like, listen, the band that runs the stage school is putting a band together, and why don't you do it? And I think at one point when I was younger, I did fancy myself as, um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to do. <laughs> it's a bit, of, yeah, oh, I could, I, I always think, see if I went up for Girls Allowed, I'd have got it.
0: actually you would have. I
1: I I absolutely agree with that statement. No, Listen to me, bicycle bastard. But oh. I just was like, I think if if I'd have pursued like it's that thing of going, I'd always loved music and I always when I'd came at Mummy, I thought maybe I should have done pop and I shouldn't have done acting came to me a wee bit later. I know you act in musical theatre, but at that time you didn't really.
0: Yeah, it's, it's it's all totally new, bit. yeah, yeah, it's totally different now.
1: Um, yes, yeah, so I ended up in a girl band with um, lovely lasses, but a lot younger than me, so I was like the mother hen, and uh, I did that for a while, and then, I can't remember, it's just like those things, they just fizzle out, don't they? Yeah, yeah. And then I get a wee a
0: lot of work, I think it's that thing again, of people think, you know, you, you get in a girl band and all of a sudden, you know, you've got a song out, and the next thing you know, you're going to... Be on the telly and it's all going to be fine. It's not. It's a lot of hard work and a lot of hard graft. And
1: I think it's harder than in the acting. Yeah, because
0: totally.
1: I think as well. At least we can get jobs in between. Mm. Well, you know, acting is your job. I don't mean that. But if you were trying to aim for that kind of notoriety, that that big time, I mean, they still work on all levels and all different yeah. platforms. Whereas, with music, you're either in that chart or you're no. I don't know if there's much Anything of us a... in between. I mean I'm saying this I don't know a lot about music maybe there is but at the people time people can but, let us know if you're wrong Louise it's fine don't worry <laughs> I can take a telling I can take a telling
0: and I, then so after <laughs> the the band obviously kind of went back to
1: well acting really you were more yeah I it was like I really want to do something I really want to do acting like it had come me i had been. I think that way I'd done a wee bit of soul-searching and realised, right, why am I doing up going to do musicals? Then I'm in a band. Like, what am I doing? It's like, do you want a shirt or do you want a haircut? Like, I just <laughs> didn't know what I wanted. and did a wee bit of soul-searching and was like, I think I want to do more acting, but I still wanted to sing and dance and all that. I wasn't for getting it up, but I thought, right, I won't go up for musicals or kind of try and stay away and try and go down that kind of um, more kind of serious... I don't know what you call it serious act what, what do you call it <laughs> <laughs> the acting <laughs> and, and now it's all blended but at that yeah. time it was it, it was very categorized you were empty or you were an actor or you were totally. a singer
0: you were a straight actor in that sense So you didn't do yeah totally it was like there was no crossover whereas now it is much more
1: fluid yes and the way it should be because yeah. you should be able to do it all and decide to, no you shouldn't have to put yourself in anything And so can I do that, I kind of stopped going up for anything and just kind of tried to get indoors and stuff. And then Men Should Week came up at the National Theatre of Scotland and I tried to get in and they were like, no, she's musical theatre, she's tits and teeth, not for us. And I was like, oh, just let me read it. And if you think I'm tits and teeth, cool, but just can you let me read it? So I kind of badgered and I get the agent on, you kind of, can you like force them, can we go down? stand outside my picket line and say let her read (laughs) and uh, eventually they let me in and lovely Graham McCarran gave me the job so I played Yenny and that was my first kind of wee bit um, pathway if you like into and what a great
0: first show to be involved in because you were down at the National uh, in London as well weren't you with that show
1: well, they they uh, they took it, but it wasn't our cast. It was another cast, but they'd done mention Beep. So that was, I think, that was Karen Debar and was it Sharon Small.
0: Oh yeah, and then you guys did it at National Theatre. Did Scotland. it after them
1: at the yeah, at right. Theatre of Scotland, but it, it was literally. I think it was actually just behind. So a lot of people think it was like a touring, and that we crossed over. But no, they were they were kind of they did it first. region Regin, they did Regin. it first, but um, mm. so that was great. So that was a week in a. Foot in that door, and that was that. That was a great cast as well because you had Lorraine McIntosh in that cast, didn't you? Yeah, she was Maggie. Uh, Michael Nardone, um, Julie Wilson Nemo. Yeah, Boyd. Boy. Oh, it was just it was a great and Anne Scott Jones played the Grand. She's amazing, by the way. It was a pure. It was actually quite a heavy female cast. Actually, mm-hmm. when you think about it, I think there was only three, four boys or something. Yeah, in men mentioned me. It's,
0: it's um. Yeah, for those that don't know, it's a classic Scottish play. Um, get it read. Get it read. I mean, it's not a cheery read, but, you know. But there's also... Five
1: years ago, she wrote it. They had an anniversary, I think it was a couple of weeks ago. Oh, my God. Wow. Mm-hmm. But it is, it's a great... I mean, it's, like you say, it's sad, it's harrowing. But um, but there's well, so much in it, I think, as well. Like, especially if
0: you're from certain areas in Scotland that you recognise some so many of the people
1: in it. Oh, to- and the situations and the houses yeah. and Wayne's sleeping in drawers and yeah. the setup where you've got like, you know, the the kind of was it the the living room the kitchen goes into the bedroom at night and all this, so I've only got one bed yeah and the toilet's outside yeah. oh
0: funny.
1: the cheery good old days uh, the cheery good old days they're <laughs> <laughs> poor but they're happy it really is me, that kind of play but no.
0: It was funny because you said something uh, a little while ago and you said about being from Maryhill and like folk from Maryhill don't do not do this and they don't go to London.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Nobody that I knew anyway. I mean, it probably changed now, so I don't like to speak for a flourishing uh, community actors that are all bustling to go to London now for Maryhill and Kelvin Dale. But in my time, no. No, and mm. I didn't speak with like the folk in the telly and... It was all that kind of against you, but and I think in some ways I would go, oh, "Will I change?" Because obviously when I met Fudge that first day, he was like, "All oh, right, like, like that. <laughs> you <know? laughs> and you're like, "Oh God, do I need to change? Is this do I need to be something else in order to be accepted or employed?" Yeah. It was better about being employed. And I just kind of was—I was almost rebellious. I actually, get more glass week. My mum says I talk worse now than I did when I was younger. Yeah. Because it was kind of like going, "No, he's kind of yeah. off. I'm no changing." To the point they were like, what are you saying? Well, if you don't know, you can fuck off. Like I became quite, yeah, I became an editor. <laughs> <laughs> was, it, was it a principle? It was like, no, like you can speak the way you speak. And that is, that's totally changing now, but.
0: It is changing now. But then I remember going for a meeting with an English agent, a London agent. I mean, and we're talking years ago. Well, actually, maybe 13 years ago. So not that long ago. No. Oh. Um, and I went in, we were chatting away, and they asked me if I would go to an audition and I wouldn't use my own accent. And I asked them why, and they were like, well, there's certain directors that don't really like um, the Scottish accent, and I went, well, why would I want to work for them then? Why would you want to work for me? <laughs> yeah. Like, I, and I remember, and I remember in that moment, I think I got more Scottish in the interview, like the meeting as well, and I just got a bit more, like, aggro. Because I was like, and in my head, but also in the back of my head, there was a part of me going, Elaine, shut up. This is quite a big agency. Like, shut up. Like, you you can, you know, you might be able to move your way through. And then I was like, nah, that's not me, though.
1: No, because you know what? You'll come out the other side and you go oh, my God, you sold an unauthentic version of yourself, and you'll slip up, you'll take two Zambukas and a night out in teatros in London, and you'll call somebody a cunt, and it'll all blow up your face, and then they'll all go, oh, there she is. Yes. So you would be as well just gone. here it is. Here I am. <laughs> take it, see if it's no for you, That's all
0: right. I think it's really important that folk hear that, though, because I think there's so much stuff, especially, like, when you look at it online, and, like, you know, you and I have both facilitated workshops and talk kids because guess what we're all not employed all the time and we need to make oh. money and pay the bills yep. um, and you see that thing of like you know they watch they watch so much social media and they want to be famous and they think they have to do it a certain way but i mean that just chips away at who you are and then it, i mean for me i just think it
1: makes you inauthentic as an actor totally and i don't think it's good for your mindset i think no. and i, I can't you know, if people's aspirations are to go out there and be famous and be recognised, like, fair play to you. But for myself, it was, and don't get me wrong, i um, by none of those, by any means, none of those things. But if it came along for me, then it came along, It was, but it was never something that was a goal or a, yeah. an aim, because I just go, what, oh, I don't know. It just feels, for me, it feels shallow and empty, I'd rather come out and have wee Betty that goes to the bingo going, do you know what, that's a crack and shot and I've never been to the theatre and I'm t- bringing my pals back on Tuesday. Yeah. Like, that for me is so much more than any of the other stuff. Because like, it's real. But it's unfulfilling if it's not. If it's not real, it's unfulfilling. Yeah. And I think you'll then find that out too late, and you'll have soaked up all the fakeness. And then one day you wake up. This is this is but obviously they're coming right now. You go, who has it been for? <laughs> Shoot me in the heat right now, I'm funny. But <laughs> but I just I don't know. I've never I've never I've never um to that side of it at all. I don't understand it.
0: Yeah, no, I'm the same. I find it really. I've always found it really hard. That's so why I hate press nights and all that, and like mm-hmm. big social things make me want to be sick in
1: my mouth. Oh, social anxiety is through the roof and all yeah. that, and my heart talk shit, and delights me. <laughs> 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 but then, do you know what's really? Like, is that everybody cause I also yeah. had to do a press night cause I'm up the dust I had to do the orphans press night sober, and I, I maybe it was my first press night sober. It might have been. <laughs> And I was dead conscious of it Not that I'm, like, a poor, so-blown alky, by the way, and get totally stupid, but you do have, like, a glass of wine in your room. Well, yeah,
0: you do. You definitely do. Because it does take the off. Yeah.
1: And actually, I was like, after the first 10 minutes, this is actually easier. Being sober. It was, because you did what's about you. You could talk, and you left at an appropriate time. Obviously, because you're no drunk. You're not there at 5, 6 in the morning, yeah. in a corner, greeting, going, I think I'm a terrible actor, and somebody's rubbing your back. <laughs> like. <laughs> You don't do those things. So actually, you wake up the next day smug as fuck. You're like, oh, no, I'm actually all right.
0: So, you've just finished the show Orphans, and as you say, you are up the duff, uh, pregnant with your second baby. Yes. Um, working yeah. mum in the industry, how do you find it?
1: Um, I've been so lucky. Like, I've, because obviously, I got pregnant after they'd offered me the job. Or, I, I, no, I think I kind of knew. No, 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 they'd offered me, and then I found out. And so they could have went, you know, it's a musical, you're dancing. Because um, by the time I'd finished that, I was 27 weeks pregnant. So I'm now 30, yeah, I'm now 32. So I finished four or five weeks ago. And so they could have went, no. And, you know, they didn't, they were like, no problem. It was not a question. It was never. They never asked me if I was fit enough. They never they never asked me nothing. They were just like, "That's absolutely fine. Don't worry about it. We'll see you at the start date and can we do it to support you and like they had a chair and for change like anything they would do it for you. I have never same the uh, comedy unit. I've done just done a wee sketch show with Gail and then I'm going on to Scots. <coughs> Obviously, with the comedy unit as well. Like folk can't actually do enough for you. They're dead kind. And it's, for me, I can only say I've been welcome to be open down. It's never been an issue. If anything, they're going, are you happy? Because they're obviously not, pro- there's no problems for them.
0: That's, I mean, that's so brilliant to hear. And obviously, like, Orphans was with um, National Theatre Scotland yep. um, for folk that don't know. And, I mean, I do think, like, our national theatres have a responsibility to be leading the way in that. And that's so great to hear that none of that was a problem and that you were you know giving the support any support you might have needed and felt comfortable and I think it's just it makes it easier for other people to then turn around and go I'm in the same position actually and then looking at someone and going well that happened for them so then I'm yeah. going to feel all right about coming forward and because it shouldn't be because in no other line of work is it's it not- a thing about you being pregnant
1: no and the fear um, of, not, not, of
0: losing your job because you're pregnant
1: and it shouldn't be and it's that thing I've gone so many actors feel they can't like I've had these conversations with loads of pals and to be fair I was that actor I went well and I've started a family late probably because I did feel for a very long time I can't you can't have a family and do both like mm-hmm. people stop phoning you you become not unreliable because you're not unreliable you're just maybe sometimes unavailable because mm-hmm. children have needs and you were like oh that's it I'll be shunned to the side and da 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 and It'll pass you by and actually i think i think it's bullshit
0: yeah
1: well it has to be bullshit and i think if we don't have more women out there going no i'm going to do both mm-hmm. then nobody will feel they'll be able to i don't mm-hmm. know it's not that like, you have to lead the way or anything i don't mean it like that i'm just meaning like
0: no but it's just it's just as long yeah. as like uh, there there needs to be more visibility right it's just that's what it is it's like so yeah. that Everyone knows that it's an option because I think there have been there has been such a long history in our industry in particular of you know when a woman decided that she was going to have a family it was like well that's it the career was going on hold, Um, and then maybe she would come back to it or not or she just ends up leaving the industry completely and you're like well that's
1: such a loss to us. And also, I can't afford to put it on hold. Like it, it's my job, and yeah. in between, yes, I do do other jobs. Not like you say, you're unemployed forever. But you also go, it's still your main, it's still my main job. So yeah. I'm like, well, I still have to make an income. <laughs> and yeah. fortunately for me, I can only speak for myself. People might have had d- d- very different experiences. I've n- it's never really been an issue, and I think in some ways. I've not made it an issue. I'm just, I'm quite bold about it and that way. I go, yeah, I can do this. Or I don't go, oh, hi, do you think you would still employ me because, you know, I'm pregnant. Is it all right if I still come? I'm like, well, why wouldn't they? So I'm coming at it with that. So therefore maybe on the other side, they're like, oh, she seems, I don't know. If If I gave them the option, would they have said, okay, you stay at home and look after yourself? I don't think so. Yeah. Yeah, my, um, I,
0: think, I think you're right though There is something <clears throat> just about being bold about it And just going, this is where I'm at And this is what's happening And that's it
1: And yeah, I can still do my job, thanks very yeah. much Why are you even asking me that question? Yeah. Would you ask a man, Matt?
0: Well, that's it, exactly No, they wouldn't No, oh, they
1: can't have children But we still have children Yeah
0: Well, so if they've got a young baby at home Do we ask them, are you no, going to be no. right to do this job? No, we don't
1: No, so what are you asking me for? So I just don't, it's like, I kind of just power It's like blinders and I just go, don't ask men about it because you don't ask anybody else what you're asking me yeah. for.
0: But that's but that's right though, I think, because why are we doing that? Um yeah, so before you got to orphans and ha- had your beautiful, <laughs> beautiful, baby and beautiful baby number two on the way, mm-hmm. um you and the brilliant Gail Telfer Stevens created the dolls. Mm-hmm. Tell everybody about the dolls.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um Michelle McManus once described it as Francie Josie on acid. From- <laughs> <laughs> <is> the best <laughs> description. Yeah. And I go, yeah, I think she's like, with vaginas. <laughs> <laughs> so so basically, it's that. It's an old school variety, comedy, duo thing of two old women who... There's no, um, no bars. No uh, filter. No filter. We swear, we're disgusting. Well, we're not discussing for the sake yet. We just... I, they talk like I, we do always think good things you would say at the women's toilet and a night out like I've heard the most mental conversations yeah. and actually they're amazing conversations and but we've got this filter that we don't talk like that in front of men or other people and go fuck that like let's just talk how we talk if you want to ask something or say something say it Yeah. so it's based on <clears throat> things you say in a women's toilet <clears throat> no. and uh, I, it it's a comedy duo with name Money We used to do it in pubs and clubs. Is a way to get a couple of hundred quid in your back pocket, and then yeah. f- folk just started to really like it and share videos, and it kind of went in a in a on a world of its own. Um, and it was never intended to be big or to be a theatre show, or it was mm-hmm. never intended to snowball. It was just like you say, you're not employed all the time. Yeah, we would go into pubs do this comedy double act, get a couple of hundred quid, and then go on audition again on the Monday. Yeah. And that was all it was ever meant to be.
0: And then it grew arms and legs.
1: Grew arms and legs. Just, I think, because it, it was kind of just as, like, you know, it was before TikTok and all that, and folk were mm-hmm. sharing videos and stuff, and mm-hmm. somebody shared a video of us. And then that just kind of snowballed, and they were like, why are you doing a theatre show? And um, we kind of just... We just fed the demand, really. And went, right, well, we'll put on a theatre show. And then that was at the Mitchell. And then that's just grew over the years. So now we do like, the Kings once a year. Um, yeah
0: And you did a tour this year as well, didn't you?
1: Yeah, yeah. So we went on tour. Because we were actually made a tour just before the pandemic cut. So it was that can was kicked down the road a lot. And then we eventually got out just there. So we finished, I think the end of the tour happened in March, mm-hmm. let's say. Um, so I, it was great. It was great to get back see after being stuck in. That was amazing. Yeah. And folk were just chuffed to be back in my theatre and be entertained and just have oh, a eye. Yeah. And I think what's really
0: lovely about it is, as you say, it is like that kind of old-fashioned variety show mm-hmm. that so many people... It doesn't matter where wo- where you're from, you can go to the show and you're gonna be like, Yeah, love it, brilliant, because it's got everything for everybody in it.
1: Yeah. I mean a lot of people think it's a really predominantly female led thing. And actually we get loads, we've got loads of guys that come, they come with their wives, they come with their pals, they come in like a boys' night. They're, like don't get me wrong, it is more female heavy, but it's it has got something for everybody. We've got a massive LGBTQ following. Um Cause it just—it's about life. It's about two women. Yeah. It's just it, two Glasgow women. And everybody. I think does. what
0: do you know what it is that's really beautiful about it is like you've got all the jokes and you've got everything and there's no filter with them. But at the heart of it is this um, friendship of these two women that you and Gail have created. That's like supposed to have been for decades and how they'll do anything for each other. And I think that's what's so beautiful about it because that's what everybody can see is like the most important person in their life is each other
1: of course and, and it's, it's your pal and all like yeah I'm wrong, I love Colin he's my partner by the way. but like sometimes that doesn't last forever right and I'm not mm-hmm. putting jokes in it but you go see when all the shit run about you falls down you fall your partner or whatever like your pal's the one that's there all the time so yeah. for me it's I don't know my, my friends are such a big massive part of my life like like you and yeah, all my Darren and everybody and you go without them I go god they were there before mm-hmm. lanes, husbands, all that and they'll be yeah. there after that god forbid that doesn't happen but yeah. you know what I mean they're they're a constant yeah and I love that I love that about Seiji Agnes no I matter think,
0: what yeah and I think honestly I do think that's what it is that in amongst all of it everybody that's probably why it connects so much with everyone is that sense of, like, your total own, fa- your family that you create, not just the family that you've got. Like,
1: yeah, totally. And, and it's- some people are born into really shit families, that actually the mm-hmm. pals are more family than Absolutely. That. And I just think it's such a, it's just such an important relationship in your life. Yeah. And I think, it, do you know, it's also really lovely it gets celebrated
0: because it is something that, you know, that kind of female friendship being celebrated on stage
1: needs to happen more. Yeah, and it's not two women being jealous or bitchy of one another, because you're like, I honestly, hands my heart, go, I've never been jealous or bitchy with any one of my girlfriends. I know. Or my boyfriends. Ever, ever, ever. It it very rarely exists. And yet we paint these big broad pictures and television and movies that women are snide and they're jealous because somebody's got nice hair and you're like no I'm actually dead chuffer. Like you your hair's beautiful today. I'm delighted for you. It's no one else in me hanging and going and looking at fucking hair. No, that's I don't I, I don't believe I, I believe it happens, but I don't believe it happens as often as we I believe it I believe it happens, but I believe it happens
0: from as you see society actually pushing it on us because actually I'm I'm the same as you I'm like I'm always like oh my god look at her hair look how beautiful it is she's stunning or you know oh my god she's so funny she's so smart what a joy to be around as a human being like why wouldn't I want to be around that energy like it just it always yeah it's definitely
1: pushed more on us I think and if we were just fucking left alone it would be fine well, that's that. Just back ass bitches. I don't mean bitches as a women. I mean in every every. In she, every means she means patriarchy. She <laughs> means patriarchy. Saying that, I would still batter a motherfucker if she came for me. <laughs> I'm
0: Joan. I think you're fine. I don't think anybody's coming for you, Louise. I'm totally, Joan.
1: I <laughs> <laughs> it got a bit
0: easier <laughs> I had to I had to damp the mid. I know you it got too serious. You're like, quick, get in with a joke, get in with a joke. <laughs>
1: that, and that's something that
0: like I think Scottish people do a lot as well. Like when we're starting to get too serious, because I do it as well. Or like it's like quick, your whole body's like, quick, make a joke, make a joke, make
1: light of it. Yeah, it's too, too, too deep, too deep, sitting in my heart. Yeah. yeah I can that. feel I can feel it all coming up through my mouth. I'm going, <laughs> Yeah. No, I'm bad for that. I'm bad for that. And then I go, all the shouting, all the shouting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, anyway. um, uh, and obviously,
0: like, as you say, you're having your second baby now and um, you're about to start filming
1: second series of Scots as well. Yes. So i start that Monday coming,
0: Which is brilliant. So for everybody that hasn't seen it, um, Scots is like a kind of a it's like a mockumentary, isn't uh, it? Of like, it's basically a piss take of all those reality TV shows. Yeah, totally. And it's brilliant. It's so.
1: No, they're good. The boys are really good. Ian and uh, Rab, they write it. And they're really good. And do you know what? What's, they're so generous towards the women. And and it's just, it's actually really refreshing because they're like, oh, you did. The, like, they give us loads. Of, I actually feel a bit sorry for them because they give us all this fun stuff. And it's not that they don't have fun stuff, but they really give us like a right good serving. And you're like, why aren't you being totally selfish about this? I don't know if I'd be that good a person.
0: <laughs> uh, you would be. I know you would be. You're just saying yeah. that. But I th- no, but I think that's true. lovely. And I think that's really important from them. Um, because obviously they've had Burniston for people that um, maybe don't know. And I think there's something really important in, you know, two men writers, two male writers, making sure that the females are getting more than their fair share, because I actually, like, having watched the Scots, like, yeah, really enjoy their characters, but I do love all the women in it.
1: Yeah, and that's, uh, to be fair, that is credit to them. They have really, really gave us some lovely stuff to play, and they've been really kind. And when we got to this series, you know, they even sent an email and kind of phoned us and said, listen, what do you think about your characters? Now, a lot of writers and a lot of creative teams never ask you because it's their baby and while I respect that process this has been totally different because they've like can you write his notes on the first draft can you please everybody if you've got a thought if you don't like something or you know and some writers are really frightened by that and to be fair I don't know if I could be as open and I don't have their experience but if I've ever wrote written things sometimes I'm a bit nervous to be criticized about it because it's you know it's something you're doing out your comfort zone or you don't feel as yeah. good yet so you're like oh god I don't know if I could take it and yet they opened the doors and they were like and anything you feel doesn't you know serve a female character if you think we're doing an injustice to the females in the show we really want your input and I was like fair play to them because they must have got an email off every Warius and be inundated <laughs> like this because we were like right okay what about this for the woman what about that and by God, they took it on board and they were really kind about it and very open. And that was a really unusual experience for me. I've never had that.
0: Yeah, I th- I think that's absolutely brilliant. What a brilliant way to work, like really collaborative. Like that's what you want, right? It's what you were saying earlier on about, you know, realising that you don't get to kind of create the thing when you first quit, when you go into that musical. It's about being part of it. It's,
1: yeah, I was. And they do do all the writing. It is, they like we don't write for it or anything like that or, but they listen to your suggestions and if they, if something you think they've got wrong from the female perspective, go listen, a woman wouldn't say that and this mm. is why, and they're like, right, me bother. And don't get me wrong, they haven't really got it wrong, to be fair. And I think it's because they keep an open mind and they keep an open room and they, they talk to us. They don't just yeah. assume. Yeah. Oh, you're you'll be, your characters like that, that's it. And you're like, no, people are much rounded than that. And
0: yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, they've been more kind than I've ever experienced in that way.
0: Which, I mean, again, just so lovely to hear like that's the experience that you're having because, and hopefully that's that shows that there's a change. Defo. Like, and that change is just going to keep going.
1: Defo, especially with it. I mean, I've done other things like you've not had that change not yeah. written that, Rosie, but um, definitely when it's come to work with the two boys, I, I can't fault them in that department. They've asked and they've opened the room and they've allowed you to have a voice this and i think that's all anybody asks
0: yeah yeah just to be heard
1: yeah and they'll write what they want to write at the end of the day it's their show like nobody's stepping on toes but just just to be appreciated for your input is nice yeah and they want to get it right they want they don't want to misrepresent females and they don't want to be dealing with subject matters that you know Clearly when you hear it written back or acted today, you go, Well, that's been written by a guy because that isn't how you feel, you know. They, mm-hmm. they want to get that right. And the funny is and the truth. So why would you try and make up your narrative for that? Ask a woman. Yeah. Because I'm pregnant in this. And they're like, Yo, like, how do you feel? And I'm like, I feel at the size of the house. I'm fucking This, And they're like, Oh, well, can we write that? In? And I'm like, Yes, because I'm happily say that, because that is how you feel. Yeah. And it's not been a derogatory or thing, But no, they were great. So
0: did they? Have they written in that your character's pregnant because you are pregnant, or was I that always the plan?
1: You're oh, <laughs> no, she fell pregnant at the last series, and then I got up and off, and it wasn't planned. No, it kind of all. What? I know. Last it... series,
0: how have I missed that episode. I'm gonna to need to go back and.
1: The Keep very going. last, I think, it's the, is it the very last thing when she comes out the toilet and she goes, I'm pregnant. And that happened in series one. and.
0: I'm going to need um, to go back Aye. And...
1: and then oh, I, I, I accidentally got pregnant one night after the Halloween party. And here <laughs> we <are. laughs> Dressed up as Chucky. <laughs> I'll leave whatever image that represents your mind with you. Hang, I'm lying. By the way, I'm not lying. No, I know
0: you're not. I'm just love it. I just love that you're like that.
1: Yeah. Well, it is Julie Greg's Halloween party dress is Chucky. Getting steaming, eating, hanging, was eating cheese and toast, and then decided, oh, I'm gonna get pumped. <laughs> <laughs> and here we are.
0: Here
1: we are. And here we are. But um, yeah, no, it wasn't written. In. It, it was. It was written in, but not for me. It was already in.
0: Like, on a serious note, and I know you're gonna try and like laugh it off at some point but being so you're 32 weeks pregnant now and being at this point like how are you feeling about work?
1: I um I don't know if you can hear it like I'm really out of breath so even when I'm talking to you because obviously it's so big my lungs are in my throat so I can feel myself talking to you try to get to the end of a sentence and I'm really breathy um so I'm slightly fucked no I'm sorry. <laughs> <fucked. laughs> Um and I was I was really good actually because see when Thorfinn's was quite full on and I felt I felt really great and then see when I got to the end, it's that thing, you know how when you get to the end of a job you tend to get the cold and you mm-hmm. tend to not well. Mm-hmm. It was like I became fully, fully pregnant. Right. Finished on that Saturday night and by the Sunday I was literally ready to give birth. <laughs> <laughs> and so I feel like that. And I think because it's my second, I'm no feeling as Fit as I was with the first. I'm also 37. I'm doing this quite late on. I'm 38 next month, so I'm not a spring chicken doing this. But what I will also, but
0: you've also got a toddler though as well that you didn't have first time round.
1: Yeah, and that 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 does. So you try to lift. Yeah, and he's no a wee boy. he's a 10 pound baby, so you can imagine the size match. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> sure. so just he's, he's a big boy. Um, so I but. What I will say is, is, Mike Speaks, i just done a wee sketch over the comedy unit there, who is the company I'm going back to work for, and they look after me, and they're like, what do you need? What do you want? Do you want a break? And they've not put me in so big, long days. There's a couple, but nothing major, and they've given me a couple of days off. So they're really, they look out for you. Okay. And you know what's nice about it is I don't need to ask for it and feel like a failure and go, oh, please, can I not work that much because I'm shattered? It's it, what's really lovely is that somebody takes that ask out your hands. Mm-hmm. That's when you feel as a pregnant person in the acting industry. If you've got to ask for support, you kind of well, I kind of go, well, they'll think I can't do it then. If I'm saying I'm struggling, or and you're terrified to say you're struggling, yeah. and you're fighting to say, Oh, listen, that's quite a long day for me and my feet. And actually, see if you've got a nice team that just take all that on board for you, and you don't need to be that person, yeah. That's how you support actors who are pregnant or have anything. That's how you support people. That's how you support each other. Yeah. Stop making people ask for the obvious.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Stop making people ask for the obvious. I think that's like, that's it. But it's also something I think as well as actors that we're so scared all the time that we won't get re-employed. That we just keep our mouth shut sometimes when actually I think we just need to start being much better at just asking for what we need.
1: See the young ones. So I had the orphans and the young ones. They just say what they want. They put it right out there. They don't panic that they're not. Good. This is our generation that have got mm-hmm. this problem. I found well, I found out on orphans because that's the first time I've worked with in a while. Like fresh at a drama school, mm-hmm. so, like, some some older. It was, it was actually just a right mix. And us older ones tended to go, not the boat, be a bit quieter. And yet, see the young ones, they go, "Can I get honey on the table?" That's just a shite example, right? But naturally, <laughs> I can fight just for honey. You get the sack, right? <laughs> <I> can't imagine. <laughs> but sometimes I would, even if yeah, I was. I, I would have brought it in, though. Like when, when I was I younger, I'd have brought it in. It's a really bad example. But like anything like that, and go, oh, can we? We've not warmed up today. We need a warm up. Whereas I'd be like, oh, we've not warmed up today. I'd love a warm up. Oh, well, it's up to the event. it? And you just go on with it. We're yeah. actually no they absolutely and I just was in awe of them all I was like do you know what you're fucking right just ask for what you want that's, that's bri- any young boys
0: that's brilliant
1: I think it's the generation that's are screwed
0: I mean probably <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm gonna go aye
1: <laughs> we're, we're frightened yeah they're not, they're not. They're, or, or they're le- they're definitely less frightened to um, express their needs than we are. Yeah. Kind of. I mean, I
0: think we probably got the hangover from the generation above us, where it was just like you shut up and you got on with it, and you just do, you just do the work, um, yeah. whether you're happy or not. You're just and then probably for us because we'd had the loss of like all reps and all of that so there was less companies and everything so we were all like fuck there's loads of us and no actual work so I need to just keep yeah. my mouth shut so I keep working yeah,
1: yeah I mean so. I've told
0: you this like I think this all the time like you know because like persistent and nasty we call we call things out that aren't fair and all of that and I'm always like that's it fucking never get employed again
1: but that shouldn't but, I mean I can never say with all my heart and all my soul that that's definitely it but I'd love to think it's no. No, I know, and it, pro- and it probably isn't. It's probably good, but it's then it's that thing of...
0: But then I'm like, that's brilliant that the young people are just... The younger people are just like, yeah, this is what we need. This is what we want.
1: But folk are frightened to have folk in a room that are outspoken and things like that. It's quite a daunting thing. So if you were running a room and you are like, oh, you know, you've got somebody you can employ who's really outspoken and really opinionated... People tend to be frightened of that. Whereas I go, I think that's exciting. And actually we we, we make for better rooms, we make for better environments. Yeah. Because what you've got there is somebody that's just bloody honest. Yeah. And yeah. I love that. And and that that officer did she did um Cora did a thing on day one and it was great. She got a, a whiteboard up and she was like, right, let's all decide collectively what kind of room we want to have. And every, so it was like a promise. It was like a pledge at the start of going right. You know, I want to, I, I want it to be like this. I want to be able to try something and nobody laugh at me or whatever. Loads of different things. And other people going. I really want to come into a room and nobody touch my hair. I hate people touching my hair. And I want to be. And you were like, right. I know what you want. I know what you want. It was dead clear. There was transparency. And you were like, great. Now we all just go to work and respect each other. And there's there was need Honestly, there was no drama. Love it. Love it. And I thought that was great because actually everybody put their stall out. Yeah. Here's what I want. Here's what I don't like. Here's my boundaries. Great. I don't know not to touch your hair. You don't really like anybody to touch you unless you know when are in doing something and it's permission based. Fine. Great. Yeah. Yeah. I just thought it was quite a good way to do it. But then no, no, I think it's perfect. But I think you've you've got to have that honesty and don't be frightened at it.
0: Yeah. Yeah um I'm really aware of time I mean I could literally talk to you forever because I love you but Mm -hmm. I'm going to ask you the question that I ask everybody so Louise McCarthy yes what does the phrase persistent and nasty mean to you
1: (laughs) Uh, I think it's not giving up and it's just been a badass bitch like just I just love badass women that don't give a shit and are who they are and are proud to be so and, and unafraid to be am unafraid to be yourself and never giving up amazing I
0: love it I love it I love
1: it I love, I love it yeah need to do my wee sign
0: off thing but you can I'll uh, oh, do just, it let me hear you yeah <laughs> let
1: me hear you do no, uh, uh, well thanks we're very we're much saying.
0: Louise for coming on the Persistent and Nasty podcast <laughs> you're so welcome thanks for having me And until next time, lovely listeners, stay nasty. She's so nasty. If you enjoy the Persistent and Nasty podcast and support the work that we do, please like, download, subscribe and review each episode. It really does help us get our message out and our incredible guests heard to as many people as possible.